The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Who's in studio, Jaylen? The last Wednesday of the month. <laughs> Dr. Gantz Ferentz for another edition of How Does That Make You Feel? And boy, you're really uh, cutting it down to the wire these days. Uh, I know. It's just, it's terrible. It's <laughs> procrastination. I got to talk to my shrink about that. I will, <laughs> so, I will say, though, that I watched you come down the street uh, during the news break, and you were not speeding. So I, <laughs> I tip my hat to you. Well, you. You knew you were pushing time a little bit, but I you weren't going to violate the law. on the inside, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> just not um, externally. You know what, Gans? Uh, April's been a real tough month mm-hmm. for a lot of people. When you look, a lot of people, so a lot of people. You look at April six and the the Humboldt crash mm-hmm. and and how that impacted, um, you know, the community, the country. Then mm. you look at what happened in in Toronto. Yes, on on Monday, and I I know a lot of folks sometimes get a little confused, or maybe they get shamed a little for mm. having feelings for something that they have no direct connection to, <laughs> um, you know, or you question it yourself. Right, right. You question yourself: Was why, 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 so why am I? Why yeah. am I? Mm-hmm. Why is this bothering me so much? So. Mm-hmm. Why is it? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, so it's not fun to feel, but it's a good sign. It means you're human and you have compassion. That, this is this is what's this is what we've been feeling for the last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Humboldt crash really hit a lot of people really hard. I know I was crying a lot myself. Mm-hmm. Right, um, the stuff in Toronto now. We we are. The reason we have survived as a species is because we're we're pretty much herd animals, right? I mean, we we get along with each other and we have advantages because we are a group as opposed to each person trying to figure it out from themselves. So that sense of camaraderie, that sense of compassion is wonderful and it hurts when somebody when somebody in our community gets hurt or a part of our community gets hurt. And so this is this is what people are feeling. And it's it's a healthy thing. And it can also become unhealthy if it if it's too much mm-hmm. or goes on too long. So that's this is where it comes from. Well, interesting point you made. If it goes on for too long, because mm-hmm. one of the things I've heard since the van attack in Toronto mm-hmm. is that the van attack has replaced uh, the Humboldt bus crash as the item of the day. And mm-hmm. some people, um, some people are concerned that. So that's it. They're forgotten in Humboldt right. now because something more more horrific has happened. Right. Well, and, and I don't think... I mean, I do think we have a... We only have so much capacity to hurt. And after a while, if we keep getting wave after wave after wave of disturbing news or traumatic events happening and showing up, it's like we become... It's easy to become desensitized to all this mm-hmm. stuff. But I think it's important for us all to remember that you can't really compare tragedies. <laughs> just, you, there's no scale to put these things on to yeah. say this is worse than that or that's better than this. It's all bad. And it's all bad for the people that are involved and all bad for the people who were uh, serving 
to help people yeah. get things back together after. And, and even on a personal level, not mm-hmm. on a not on the magnitude that we've seen this month, but on a personal level, you know that old saying, you know, things happen in in threes, mm-hmm. and that sort of, you know, my my mom over Easter, um, her brother died. Mm. Then two weeks later, her sister died. Oh man! And it's at the same time of year that her mom died and her dad died, mm-hmm. right? And and so sometimes I think people you know, really feel that they're just being pounded with pain and grief and a hurt. And we don't understand um, why it's happening like that. Yeah. And... And, and and I don't I, I mean it's timing right mm-hmm. it's it's you know you know people say oh you know what God only gives you so much you can handle and mm-hmm. if that's what you believe that's what you believe mm-hmm. but for a lot of other people they're like okay I'm, I'm done I'm, I'm I'm pretty full I'm out yeah well this is a thing and and we it, it, it's impossible for any of us to know what's going on inside of somebody else's life or their skin right we don't know what the other person's dealing with so it's really hard to be outside and say well you know what do you what do you crying for why is this a bad thing you know you weren't involved or you should you know suck it up and mm-hmm. you should be over it by now or whatever right and so i think it is important that we understand that we all need to have compassion for each other and ourselves because sometimes <sighs> we have so much in the bank already <laughs> that the next little thing kind of puts us over, mm-hmm. puts us over the limit, right? And that's that can really be, be very hurtful for somebody who is, you know, looking for some understanding and not getting it, or for you, if you're just, you know, I, I can't take anymore, okay? When you talk, though, about um, the feelings and the and you may be crying and, mm-hmm. you know, going on for too long, how long is too long? Well, this is it. Well, too too long is not measured so much in time as it's measured in the impact on your life. And if if it's impacting your life in a negative way, if you're not able to do the things you need to do to look after yourself or the people that you're responsible for, or get to your job or whatever, that's too long, right? And and then you need to be know that you can reach out. You don't have to do this by yourself. Um, there are people in the community, you know, mental health professionals, physicians, um, clergy sometimes um, that can help help you through this or at least even if somebody just to show compassion and sit with you a lot of times just a friend or a, a family member that's willing to just be with you during a difficult time that can really ca- holding create space a, yeah exactly holding space and and helping you get through it i love so, that term but you're talking about dealing with the world's woes and mm-hmm. its effect on you and um my problem is in explaining it to those around me, mm-hmm. children particularly, mm-hmm. and I'm I, and by children I don't just mean you know three, four, five right. year olds. I mean twenty one and twenty two year olds, where you don't you can't really wrap your head around it yourself. Right. So I'm not really sure how to, because as a parent, your instinct is to make your children feel safe. Right. And if you don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. You sort of put yourself in a position of what? Wanting to whitewash it, to rose color it. Uh, right, deny it. Deny uh, it, dismiss yeah, get, it. Get past it as quickly as possible. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so is there a right way to handle that? Well, I mean, well, it always boils down to whatever we want to do with or for our kids, we have to do for ourselves first. So we, we do have to make sure that we're okay. You know, so in our current state, our current culture, a lot of stuff is coming at us all the time. We don't have to go looking for information at this point. It's True. coming at us, right? Our job is to filter the information and to give our give ourselves 
sometimes for our brains to breathe and that sort of thing, okay? So that's the first step, is to limit your exposure to information. Wish and that it, was uh, a luxury that we had. Well, no, I know, job, this, is, this, right? is, this is the thing. I mean, I, you know, um, I've been doing a lot of this stuff around all these tragedies, and I really feel like, you know, newscasters, people in media, um, first responders, holy crap, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Definitely just, them, yeah. And it, dispatchers, you know what I mean? Uh, people who don't have the opportunity to limit the information that is coming at them, it's their jobs. Um, but the rest of us, we do have that. We do have an off switch. We can switch channels. We can turn off the phone or not look stuff up on Facebook or, you know, whatever. We don't have to click the link. And so really allow yourself the, the the opportunity and I guess give yourself permission to not know some of this stuff, right? But for sure you got to do that for your kids because the kids really, especially younger kids, do not have those filters that we have and they just think they need to know everything because they don't want to be left out. There was a story a couple of weeks ago um, during the um, the coverage of Humboldt, and it was on the Jersey Day, and a young boy wore jersey to, it was kindergarten or grade one class, and the teacher made him take the jersey off. It wasn't a, a school-sanctioned thing, but more, more or less, she did not want to have to explain to the other young people in the classroom. Right. And the justification was that the child wearing the jersey didn't understand why they were wearing the wearing jersey. It. Mm-hmm. So they didn't feel as though it, it, was, it was a legitimate, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, appropriate and, and to me, I'm, I'm, I, I call a little BS on that. Then the kid's just wearing a hockey jersey and then mm-hmm. turn around and said, well, it's you know up to the parents to talk about it. And the parents yeah. were a hockey family. It was a school that typically has a school uniform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they saw it as a breach of the mm-hmm. dress Yeah, code. they found all sorts of things with that and I just I I think that yeah I mean I I guess it's it's parents duty to do it it's not necessarily the teacher's duty to explain what's going on but as a parent it has to kind of it has to start somewhere but it is depending on the age going to leak over into into school as well and become a part of a daily conversation or a conversation in a classroom and and I honestly and you know I don't know if anybody's going to come at me for this but I do think it's a bit of a parent teacher's responsibility to talk about current affairs right Mm -hmm. and to be able to talk about what's going on and and navigate some of that stuff for some of the kids now they don't have to go into depth with some of that but to be able to say well you know this is this what this jersey is about and have the child explain it if they can if they can't you know, just maybe say that this person's honoring some folks that were hurt and this is how they're doing it, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever. And, and I'm not trying to put the teacher down or, yeah. or you know, make them wrong or anything like that. But um, I, I think it's all of our responsibility. Uh, it really, you know, it's that old saying, it takes a village to raise a child. It's, it can't just be parents. It needs to be extended family. It needs to be people at school. It needs to be people in your faith community, whatever. We all have responsibilities to help children be able to navigate this. And, and when we can be compassionate to the children and compassionate to the folks that have gone through any kind of trauma like mm-hmm. this, it really does help the children to heal because it's like they know that, okay, somebody's listening to me. Even if I don't have the words, they understand something's going on with me. Yeah. You know, that's a great example example that you've raised though because it, it's complicated so mm-hmm. if you're a child and as you say even small children have access to information these well, they days, hear it they pick it up in the air right, right? Yeah. well beyond what we did at, uh, at that age yeah. so you have a child who's seeing hearing or reading uh, about people all across the nation wearing a jersey yeah. on a particular want to be day, part of the movement wants to be part yeah. of the movement um but then is told what he's doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. So he's getting two entirely mm-hmm. different messages that somehow he did what he thought was the right thing. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, he's now done 
the wrong, the wrong thing. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that that's the kind of conversation that would be difficult. We're talking about talking to your kids. I don't know. Uh, well, actually, I, I'm going to take. I'm going to walk that back. Mm -hmm. I would love the opportunity to talk to mm -hmm. my child when they come home from school about that. Right. And and really explore their feelings. Well, I think this is, th and that's the attitude I think we need to have, Andrew. I think we need to have that uh, that attitude of wanting to be open being willing to be open to struggle through with your children and figure we it out together not, absolutely we yep. do not have to have all the answers as parents we actually do a disservice when we show up and we think we have all the answers or we try to convince the kid we got all the answers we don't parenting is on the job training yeah. you, you know the first kid you're doing it the first time right the last kid you're doing it the first time for that last kid it's a different personality <laughs> right? yeah. so Isn't you know true so it, we don't know there is no precedent for whatever we're doing Doing. We do our best, and that's that's parenting. You do your best. You own what you do well, and you own what you don't do well, and that that helps kids. So being willing to struggle through with the kid and saying, "Well, let's talk about this," mm -hmm. that is so valuable because then the child understands that for, first of all you care and you'll take the time to discuss it, but also that it's okay not to know. And it's okay to have your feelings around whatever that is and to try to help in and whatever you can. There's definitely a time and a place for these uh, conversations mm -hmm. too, right? Uh, the best example I can think of off the top of my head is if I walk upstairs to my daughter's bedroom with a visa statement in my hand <laughs> to discuss her expenditures, it never ends well. <laughs> but if we're on a trip together in the car, just right. the two of us, and I bring it up like, hey, by the way, mm -hmm. we have a very reasonable conversation mm -hmm. in the car and we tend to find resolution. So yeah, with each kid, you have to kind of pick the right time. Absolutely. Yeah. 320 on the 630 Chat Afternoon News. Uh, Dr. Gans Ferentz joining us in studio. We're, we're talking about talking to your kids and looking after yourself during tragedies. You can get a hold of us at 630-630 uh, if you'd like to uh, text in. We'll take a break here. More with Gans right after this. Dr. Gans Ferentz joining us this afternoon for our monthly segment of How Does That Make You Feel? And a lot of you may be feeling down, a little overwhelmed, not quite knowing what to do or how to talk to your kids about what has happened over the past few weeks. This week in Toronto, uh, April 6th in Humboldt. It's amazing those uh, dates that will always stay with you mm -hmm. um, uh, probably through the rest of your life on uh, some major news stories or major moments in people's lives. So we talked about, um, you know, it's really important to take care of yourself. Yeah, have to do To that. take care of your kids. Absolutely. So, um, and by doing that again, it's, you know, making sure that you're not being too overwhelmed, that you're getting some downtime, that you're yep. getting some sleep, sleep, all of those things. Get into the regular rhythm of life. You know, one of the big things that happens when, and, and, and let me just back up a little bit because there's, there's a term that I use as, you know, it's, trauma fatigue mm -hmm. right um this is what this is what we're kind of dealing with right now it's just wave after wave after wave and that's discounting whatever we might be going through or a person might be going through personally right there's a lot of grief in the air there's a lot of hurt a lot of fear there's a lot of stuff and so it, it is it is absolutely normal and okay if you feel out of sorts and it is absolutely good if you take some time and do some things for yourself so one of the things we need to do generally to look after ourselves but especially when we are dealing with trauma either witnessing or being involved in trauma or have to serve right if we're first responders or anybody like that is we want to add energy that's missing 
okay? There's a lot of the heavy energy, so we really need to look and consciously, deliberately go after something lighter. Look at comedies. Go to you know, go to a comedy club. Go to stand up. Go, um, go uh, do something. You know, my my. We were at home the other day, and I happened to be just kind of flipping through channels. We saw something on I think it was BBC Nature or BBC World mm-hmm. or whatever, right? And it was about monkeys and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we sat down. We started to watch it, and the kids started laughing. They started, and these are like you know, eighteen and fourteen year olds. Yeah, right? and they're like, and totally different energy. And my daughter said, you know. This makes me feel so happy. This yeah. makes me feel good. Yes, this is what we need. And there are studies that show that the more we interact with nature, I mean, this was through technology still, right, through the TV, but the more we re- uh, interact with nature, the healing aspect that that brings into our lives. It's wonderful that, you know, here locally, we're actually finally getting some warm weather and some sunshine, mm-hmm. so we can actually get out. That's a great way to heal yourself yeah. that's, when you're that's going That's interesting through this. because there was a study done, and we never got to it on the show. A couple of weeks ago, I saw the study. Uh, where they took a look at executives um, in business. Mm-hmm. And they had them each, uh, the two groups, one group uh, sat and watched a comedy, mm-hmm. just watched a comedian or a, a sitcom, mm-hmm. and then the other group watched something, uh, a documentary on a darker subject mm-hmm. or a deeper subject, and then they were given the identical tasks to perform, and the cognitive and, and reasoning abilities of those who had just watched the comedy were far superior. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even marginal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was like they took that break or they, mm-hmm. they unplugged or whatever and just readjusted, reset, and they were ready to go again. Albury Healthcare should pay for your uh, your act then. That's a great act. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, uh, we have to take a break here, but after a week, so April 6th, the act's on mm-hmm. Friday, the, by the following uh, Friday, you know, me and Andrew and I think our family we're all just kind of, yeah, we're done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you know what? Let's get together, sit around mm-hmm. the fire pit, put some music on, have some good laughs. Absolutely. And it was such a stress reliever. It, it was. was just... Uh, we actually texted Gans during that. Yeah, yeah sorry that. about yeah. that. <laughs> That's all good. Um, but it was one of those, we didn't talk about it. <laughs> right. We, right. we did not talk about it. And that was a really, really important part of that. We drank and we laughed. And yeah. We'll see. Yeah. That's so important. And it would seem to the outside observer, oh, that, that's just, you know, whatever, Maybe inappropriate or disrespectful or whatever. And this is what you get. A lot of the first responders get this with some of the dark humor, but this is this is adaptation, man. This is how you get through. So it is really important to do that. The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.